morning and a welcome to Alger Assembly of God. We say that every week, but uh, we do welcome you here. And for many of you, you're here in person. Some of you, you're watching online or listening online. We say thank you for joining with us. Take a look around. Maybe not so much outside, but isn't it beginning to look a lot like Christmas? Now, we probably could have said that several months ago, right? In fact, I, I do distinctly remember saying something like that several months ago, actually back in August, well before Christmas, well before Thanksgiving, well before even Halloween, actually right around the time that we're getting ready to go back to school, didn't you start to see Christmas decorations, Christmas trees, and, and certainly uh, since school's been in session and since Halloween is completed and now most definitely since Thanksgiving has been completed, it is full steam ahead Christmas. There's Christmas music everywhere. There's Christmas trees and decorations everywhere. Uh, literally every commercial you see is tied in somehow to Christmas. And, you know, those favorite Christmas commercials, right? Uh, my, my, my absolute favorite is where the husband buys two vehicles. The wife buys two fitness trackers, and the husband says, well, I did a little Christmas shopping, too. I bought two. And she goes and grabs the vehicle that, that he wanted. Yeah, just springing for $100,000 worth of vehicles, like, no big deal. But pretty much every Christmas commercial is designed to get you and designed to get me interested in Christmas and purchasing something. Now, maybe you've got a Christmas list. How many of you have a Christmas checklist? You, you've got certain things that you want to get done by Christmas. So maybe that was, you know, doing your tree and and probably have already gotten your tree done and had it up now for a number of weeks. Maybe it's decorating the house. Maybe it's uh, preparing some things food-wise. Maybe you've got a list of Christmas gifts to purchase. And so you're working your way through your checklist. How many of you send out Christmas cards? Maybe they're to people that you haven't seen in a while or to family members in some extended states. And so many people do Christmas cards. And so a bunch of different things on the Christmas list. Well, I read about one woman, and this, this is not this year because you still have time this year, but I read about a woman who in a previous year waited until the very last minute to mail out her Christmas cards. She counted up approximately 49 friends and family members that she wanted to mail a Christmas card to. So she rushed out into a store and she bought a package of 50 cards without looking at them. You know, uh, the Christmas cards, they, they show you on the, on the front what the cover design is, but you got to look at the back usually to see what the inside is. She didn't look at the back. She just bought the pack of 50 cards, rushed into the store, purchased it, got home, addressed 49 cards, stuffed them in an envelope, and mailed them out without once ever reading what was in the cards she mailed. Christmas Day arrived, and things had quieted down somewhat. All, all the things on her checklist seemed to be checked off, and she stumbled across that one lonely leftover card that she had not mailed out because that was the extra one. And so she stopped and took a moment to open the card 
and read the greeting that she'd mailed out to all 49 of her friends and family. Much to her dismay, the card read, this card is just to say, a little gift is on the way. So apparently she did not read that, and she's certainly not following up with anything. Uh, Maybe that describes you. You're in the hustle and the bustle of Christmas life and, and maybe struggling to keep up with your checklist. Well, today and next week, it's going to look and sound a lot like Christmas as we're going to be jumping into the Word of God, Luke's Gospel. Luke chapter 1 today, a a good portion of that. Luke chapter 2 next week, a good portion of that. As we get into Luke's gospel, Luke is thoroughly wanting to give us an account. In fact, in, in the opening verses... He says that he has carefully investigated. He he wants to accurately present exactly what's taken place in the life of Jesus and others that he includes in his account. And, And in some cases, it almost reads more like a historical document. He says, I decided to write an orderly account. So as we read through Luke's gospel, and Luke also wrote the book of Acts, so Luke and Acts, he is carefully investigating, writing an orderly account. And what's interesting is certainly there's a lot of names and facts and things that have taken place, but the first story that we come to is not actually about Jesus. We're going to see a man by the name of Zechariah in Luke chapter 1. Zechariah is a man who serves as a priest in the temple. Priests were expected to serve in the temple at some point in time in their life. They had many priests, and so they drew lots, and then they could serve up to twice a year. So with that as the background, I invite you to Luke chapter 1, as we'll look at a good portion of Scripture here. Luke's a, a fairly, Luke chapter 1 is a fairly long chapter, but we'll look at a good portion of that together. We're going to be exploring a Christmas checklist. Certainly there's a lot of things you are wanting to do to get ready for Christmas, and you've probably done a bunch. Most of you probably have a tree up or some kind of decoration or some kind of lights, uh, something festive or something that looks Christmassy. You've probably also listened to some Christmas music. You've probably also purchased some Christmas gifts. You maybe have sent some Christmas cards. You've got a number of things ready. But today we're going to be taking a look. What are a handful of things that are hopefully to be on our spiritual checklist as we get ready for and lead up to Christmas. So Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 5, the first thing I believe you and I need to do, and this is not a surprise to be a part of our message today, but let's make sure that prayer is a part of our preparations, a part of our checklist. We need to pray. Luke chapter 1, verse 5, it says, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. 
Stop right there. Somebody say out loud, childless. Okay, there's a, a good number of somebody's. Thank you for that. So Elizabeth was childless, says that she was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Background to what's taking place in chapter 1. Verse 8. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Chosen by lot. Even in the midst of the situation, God has got his hand at work upon their life. Chosen by lot, just kind of randomly, but not randomly, not coincidence, but the providence of God, chosen by Lot, and he was to go into the temple and burn incense. Verse 10, when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. So worshipers were praying. Verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, and you, you and I know what's coming next. Because very likely in, in almost every situation throughout the word of God, when an angel shows up, what is the angel's first words? Fear not. Don't be afraid. I mean, can you imagine... We, we get pictures of what angels look like, and, and sometimes we think of kind of just this white angelic being with maybe some, some wings, and maybe they glow a little bit. But could you imagine what an, a literal angel would look like showing up to you in the midst of your day? You're not anticipating anybody else. The angel shows up to you, and it certainly is a different being than a human being. And so, yes, you're startled. You're gripped with fear, as the Word of God says. And so, in almost every biblical situation, the first words are, do not be afraid. Fear not. And that's exactly what took place here in verse 13. The angel said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Let me stop right there. Circle, highlight, underline, tap, highlight that verse in your Bible. Your prayer has been heard. In the midst of the hubbub, in, in the midst of everything else taking place, the angel says, I want you to know, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. And then he goes on to continue and specify what does he mean by this. What do I mean when I say your prayer has been heard? Verse 13 uh, says that. Verse, uh, the end of verse 13 says this. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. A first part of our checklist, and it's, a, it's another one of those things we know we should be doing, we know it should be a part of our life, but let's make sure it does not get lost in the hubbub of the Christmas season is prayer. Part of our spiritual checklist ought to be that you and I are praying. Be encouraged that God hears and answers our prayers. We, we were 
covering this just a few weeks ago from our Jonah series. Jonah, in the midst of the belly of the fish, encouraged us. God hears and answers. We can pray at any time, at any place, about anything. I want to remind you, as we prepare our hearts, as we get ready and closer to Christmas, to make sure that prayer is a part of our life. Now, Perhaps like Zechariah and Elizabeth, you might think nothing seems to be happening. Maybe you've been there. You're praying about something, and you pray, and you pray, and you pray, and you don't receive an answer to your prayer. It seems as if God's not listening, God doesn't hear, there's just no response. The encouragement is to pray and pray and keep praying praying, not giving up, knowing that many times God is working behind the scenes. The angel said, your prayer has been heard. No doubt Zechariah is thinking, why couldn't it have been heard sooner? That's not like you or I, right? We, we wouldn't get a little impatient, would we? His prayer was heard, but it was the right timing of God now to be able to respond. I want to encourage you and all of us that we would keep praying and not giving up. No doubt there are needs that are in your life, needs in your family. There are are things that you've prayed about for days, weeks, months, years. Maybe there's some real burdens on your heart. You've literally prayed about certain things for decades. And you're not seeing anything yet. Keep praying. Make sure that prayer is a part of our Christmas checklist. And when we pray, we trust that God's going to answer. Remember, God's going to answer in whose time? Are you sure? You, I heard you. You said his time. But sometimes we don't often uh, respond in the appropriate way because we want God to answer in our time, right? Our time is right away. Our time is yesterday. Our time is much, much before now. God hears and God answers in His time. Sometimes those answers are delays, and sometimes it's really for our benefit or for our good. Now, when we look back on things, we can see what God's uh, done and doing, and it makes perfect sense. We, We go, aha! But in the time, we're frustrated. We're saying, God, nothing's happening. God, I don't see anything. I'm praying, and I'm faithful, and I'm praying, and I'm faithful, and nothing's happening. The encouragement on this Christmas checklist is pray, keep on praying, and trusting God. He will answer in his time. Being willing to wait, being patient to wait, that's a mark of, and it's a sign of, maturity. Not being willing to wait, being impatient for God to move, unfortunately, is a sign of our immaturity. So I trust that as we pray, let us be patient to wait and trust in God. God's going to answer in His time. God's going to answer in His own ways. 
The Word of God says His ways are higher than ours. His ways are not like our ways. Because when we pray, we say, God, I want you to do things my way right away. God, I'm praying, and I'm going to give you one, two, three, ten options of here's how you can answer my prayer. Now, I'm sure you've never done that, right? People in those other churches, people, other Christians in those other counties. Chances are actually pretty good we've done that. We've prayed and we've said, okay, God, I want you to answer my prayer. And here's a handful of ways. Any of these are good with me. Pick one and do it today. As we pray, we've got to trust in God to work in his time. We've got to trust in God to work in his way. They've been praying, and now they're up in years. I mean, many, many years past child-bearing age. Can you imagine? They're probably seeing many other friends, many other family members with children, and they're saying, we're praying, we would love to be able to raise a child, and their prayer was not answered. Their prayer was not answered. Their prayer was not answered. And now years and perhaps decades passed, the angel's saying, your prayer's been heard. Now, that might not have been their way. That might not have been their time. But God's choosing to answer. And this is going to be John. You and I would know him. He's got that adjective afterwards, right? John the Baptist. He's going to be preaching and being the forerunner of Jesus Christ. This is a pretty monumental and important opportunity. They don't know all of that, the fullness of that. But God's saying, trust me, I'm going to answer in my own time. I'm going to answer in my own way. And I'm going to answer in my own power. You and I, at times, don't we tend to try to help God out? I mean, God, I think you want to do this. It sure seems like a good thing. It seems like a godly thing. And since you want to do this, I probably am going to need to do A, B, and C to help you out. So here we go, God. I know that you want this to happen, so I'm doing this. You're welcome, God. Is it just me, or have you sometimes messed things up trying to help God out? Right? So that prayer, when we're saying, God, I'm praying and I'm trusting in you, we, we need to make sure that we're saying, God, I'm going to trust you to answer in your time, not mine. That you're going to answer in your way, not mine. And answer in your power, not mine. When you think back to Abraham and Sarah in the Old Testament, God had promised a son, nothing was happening, and they, they tried to help God out themselves. Both Abraham and Sarah agreeing to this plot of having a baby through the servant Hagar. They thought they were helping God out, and they kind of made things worse. So for you and I, I know there's a, a lot of stuff that, that we want to see taking place. And as we're getting closer to Christmas, God, wow, this would be an incredible Christmas present. If, if you would do this in my life, let's pray, let's trust, let's seek God, but let's allow him to work in his own time, his own way, and his own power.
So don't forget, in the midst of our Christmas checklist, let's make sure that we're making prayer a part of that. Secondly, when it comes to our Christmas checklist, let us be filled. Be filled with the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You're saying, Pastor Mark, this is not Pentecost Sunday. You're right. But check it out. Luke chapter 1, verse 15 we just began that verse where the angel said he'll be great in the sight of the Lord, but the angel continues. He said, he is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. John the Baptist, this baby's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But, but don't stop there. Drop down to verse 41. Verse 41, you might remember this portion as Mary shows up to see Elizabeth who's pregnant. And verse 41 says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby, that's John the Baptist, leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So the angel's saying, John the Baptist is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 41, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, but we're not done. Drop down to verse 67, and it says that his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. This is Luke chapter 1, prelude to our standard Christmas texts, and we're seeing an emphasis here on the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's not just that option to be ignored hopefully it is a gift for you and i to seek to be filled with the holy spirit not one not two but three instances in luke chapter one this is well before acts chapter one where we read Jesus saying in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses unto Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And then we see Acts chapter 2. They were all in one accord on the day of Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit came. This is well before all of that. Both John the Baptist, Elizabeth, and Zechariah mentioned here are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I love certainly the, the book of Acts. We highlight a, a number of instances of very specific cases where people are baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. I like particularly Acts chapter 4, verse 31. It says that after they prayed, these are the, the disciples and the apostles together, after they prayed, the whole place was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. In a sense, it's taking our Christmas checklist number one of prayer, tying it into Christmas checklist number two, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's, let's not lose sight of the gift. We love gifts. Let's not lose sight of the gift about the baptism and the infilling in the Holy Spirit. If you've not received that gift, if, if you've not been baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to give you an opportunity at the conclusion of our message. We're going to have an altar time and invite you for. We want to pray with you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's, it's been a while. This would be a time to seek the refilling. God, I, I want to make sure that I'm... I'm flowing in that, being filled with the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit. 
on our Christmas checklist. We're going to pray. We're going to be filled. On our Christmas checklist number three, we must prepare. There's a lot of things to prepare in the natural. We're preparing in the spiritual. Continue back to Luke chapter 1, verse 16. The angel is speaking about John the Baptist. He said, he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. There's a lot of preparations that, that we're making in the natural. You're preparing your house. You're preparing a tree. You're preparing decorations. You're preparing Christmas gifts. You're preparing a meal. You've got all kinds of things that we are preparing. But are we preparing spiritually, making sure we are ready to celebrate what Christmas ultimately is about? We have fun with all the external trappings of Christmas. We, we sing the Christmas songs, and, and we love all the things that go along with it. But ultimately, Christmas is when Jesus Christ came to earth, and ultimately to then die upon the cross for you and I. Are we getting lost in the trappings of the tree? Are we getting lost in the trappings of the songs and the lights and Santa and the reindeers and all the other fun things that can kind of come alongside of it that we lose sight of Jesus Christ in the midst of this. And the angel's saying, I want to make sure that you understand the details. This son, John the Baptist, he's going to be bringing back many of the people of Israel to the Lord. They've been wandering, they've been straying, but he's going to be bringing them back to God. They're going to be turning the hearts of the parents to the children, turning the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. And he says he's going to be making ready a people prepared for the Lord. There's a lot of spiritual preparations. The angel said it's going to take place in John the Baptist's life. You and I know that he was the forerunner. He, was, he would basically say, make way for the Lord. He's going to make, those, uh, make the path straight before the Lord. What are you and I doing to prepare our hearts for Christmas? We're preparing a lot of things, many hours, probably many dollars, as we prepare for our Christmas celebration. What are we doing to prepare our hearts spiritually for God? So it's preparing us, but it's also getting ready and preparing others, friends. Family members, those that we're going to be maybe spending some time with or seeing over the course of these next number of weeks as we prepare for Christmas. How can God use you and how can God use me to prepare somebody else to receive the message and the good news of Jesus here at Christmas? For some, maybe to be brought back to God. Maybe there's some individuals that you're going to come across at, uh, in your workplace or in the community, uh, people who had a relationship with God, and they've kind of given it up and lived their own way. Maybe God's going to use you to reach out to them and help bring them back into the way of God. For others, uh, friends or family or those in the community, uh, neighbors, co-workers, classmates, maybe God's going to use you 
to do some of these things and prepare them. To prepare their hearts to receive spiritually what God has. So when it comes to Christmas and our checklist, let's pray. Let us be filled. Let us prepare. Fourthly, let's believe. Luke chapter 1, verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. You and I need to believe that God can do the impossible. Do you believe that? I would venture to say, you and I, we've got some situations that maybe you're facing, and you would say, it seems impossible. Do you trust and believe that God can even meet the impossible in your life? In a sense, that's what Zechariah is saying. He says, I'm an old man, not to mention my wife, Elizabeth. Now, he was a good husband. He didn't tell the angel how many years she had, but he said, she's well along in years. That phrase, many scholars or commentators would say, indicates typically at least 60 years of age. So they would, they would put this couple maybe in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Now, hear this. If you are in your 60s or 70s or 80s, that doesn't mean you are old. But it probably means you're not in childbearing years. Would that be an accurate statement? And if, and if any of you might be in your 60s or 70s or 80s, you might give a hearty amen to say, I'm not ready for that again. You imagine Zechariah. He's in his 60s or 70s or 80s. And his wife Elizabeth is in her 60s or 70s or 80s. And the angel says, you're going to have a baby. How in the world is this going to happen? And the angel said, because you did not believe. There's going to be some consequences. You're not going to be able to speak until the point that that good news happens. Do you and I trust and believe God's able to do even the impossible? I mean, certainly we remember baby Jesus born to Mary, a virgin. We say, how can that be? That's the impossible don't forget about the birth of John the Baptist, Luke chapter 1. Zechariah and Elizabeth, well up in years, and the angel through the Lord said, you're going to have a baby. Believing in the Lord, believing in what he's able to do, ought to be a key part of our checklist. Let's not debate what God says, but believe what he says. Let's not delay that belief oh, I'll believe it when I see it, but let's trust and believe in God. Hebrews chapter 11, it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There was no evidence yet. And the angel said, you've got to trust and believe, and because you didn't, there are consequences here. It's interesting, Zechariah is literally face-to-face -face with an angel, right? 
That's a pretty unbelievable situation. The angels already said, fear not, don't fear. And he's having a conversation with an angel, which seems unbelievable. And in the midst of that, now he's questioning what the angel's saying. That may be your thinking. But I've never seen an angel. I've not come face to face. I mean, if I were having a conversation with the angel Gabriel, I'd probably believe anything he was telling me. But chances are you and I will not be experiencing face-to-face conversations with the angel Gabriel. But will you and I believe what it is that God says in his word? Will you and I believe what it is that God speaks to our heart in prayer and in devotional time and through his word? Will we trust and believe in God? Do we believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is coming to this earth ultimately to die for your sins and my sins, that we can find that brand new life in Christ? Do we believe in Jesus if you hear in person or watching or listening, do not have that relationship with God, we're going to give you an opportunity of responding at the conclusion of the message to trust and to believe in Him. It's our Christmas checklist. We're going to pray, be filled, prepare, believe, and yes, number five, obey. Verse 57 and following. After this all takes place, verse 57 says, When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. That's the, often many of the standard things. Uh, we would have, you know, little Marky Jr., right? Or John Jr., whatever the case might be. Many times we would say Jr. or the second or the third or the fourth. And many times they would name their children after the father. Verse 60, his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. Verse 61, they said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. I mean, okay, you're not going to name him Zechariah after your father, but what about all your relatives? We know who you are. We know your family. (laughs) You don't have anyone by the name of John. They're not understanding this. Verse 62, then they made signs to his father, because again, he's still not speaking. They made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet. The first mention of a tablet here in the Word of God. Writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened, his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. He obeyed. He'd gone through months now of not being able to speak, not being able to communicate. The angel said, you're to name him John. And now when the time came and the pressure of the uh, friends and family said, hey, you've got nobody by that name. Elizabeth said his name is John, but double check with Papa over here. And he wrote it out on a tablet. His name is John. We've got to obey what God has to say, even when it's not easy. 
Is obeying God and, and obeying the things found in his word, is it always a piece of cake to do? Because there are things in here we don't often want to do. Our flesh says, no, that doesn't feel good. What feels good is maybe being a little mean and naughty. We've got to obey even when it's not easy. Zechariah and Elizabeth went against the grain of their family members. Peer pressure. We can experience peer pressure at any age. It's not just young people. It's not just children. It's not just teenagers or young adults. As adults, we can still face peer pressure. What everybody in the office is doing, what everybody in the community is doing, what everybody in culture or society seems to be shifting towards doing, sometimes it's not always the easiest to obey what God and his word have to say. But we've got to do what Zechariah did, what Elizabeth did, and obey. Even when we go against the crowd. It's, it's easy to kind of talk about obedience. We're, many of you, you're right here in person on a Sunday morning. You've chosen to come together to worship together with other people who are choosing to come and worship together to worship and sing and hear from God. And so for us together to do what God is calling us to do, it's a little easier in this kind of a setting. But what about when you head home? For some, maybe a household is not a Christian household or your workplace is not a Christian workplace. Maybe your neighborhood or community is not the most godly or Christ-like. Maybe it's a little bit more difficult to obey the things of God once you leave this place than when you're here. A little easier on a Sunday morning, maybe a little more difficult on a Monday morning or Friday, or a Saturday night. We must obey God, no matter what. We're, we're getting ready, and, and our hearts, and our lives, and our families, we're getting ready for Christmas. We're not very far away, but let's not lose sight of this checklist of opportunities. As we're digging into Luke chapter 1, they give a, a handful of things for you and I. Let's make sure that we are praying as we get ready for Christmas. Let's make sure that we are filled, baptized in the Holy Spirit as we are getting ready for Christmas. Let's prepare ourselves and our families and ready other people spiritually for Christmas. Let's believe and let's obey all that God has to say when it comes to get ready for Christmas. 